Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, babe! Here we go. Another day, another pot. Blue collar like Jimmy G's dad, baby. Have you uh, have you peeked at the little thing they like to call Dogecoin? <laughs> I have peeked at it. I did hear about it, yes. It guy is flying, as a famous Italian guy once said, to the moon. Right now... It is up 30, almost 40%. It's at 57 cents. When we first started discussing it, it was between 6 and 8 cents. So you, you do the math. Are you in on Doge right now? I am. Not, I never got in because I let the, uh, you know, the social media uh, opinion elitists tell me that I was a moron, shouldn't touch it. And it <laughs> has gone up heavily. My little brother's theory is that Elon is hosting Saturday Night Live and people think that he'll give some hype on it. I don't I haven't really thought much about that theory. It doesn't make too much sense, but it's clearly flying for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that all this time I thought it was about Brian Dozier and uh, it's it has nothing to do with that different kind of doge. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's flying. Headed to the moon. All right, everybody, another pod also means another YouTube stream. So uh, this Ooh. podcast is being uh, is live on YouTube. So for all the YouTubers, we'll get to your comments, of course, um, at the end of the pod. And uh, for the pod people, remember, we do have a mailbag coming up on Friday. Mailbag returns this week. So on iTunes, if you're an iTunes user, leave us a review, five stars. In that review, leave us a question, draft question, off-season question, whatever you want it to be. And uh, we will get to that on the weekend podcast. Yep. Also, uh, just we had some separate content, put up a bunch of stuff on the Niners. And just, I think, over draft weekend, we did a bunch of videos on just different things uh, separate from the podcast, as well as obviously we we cut up all the, the good podcast stuff is, is up there as well for our yeah. guys that like uh, like a little visual. They say this uh, thing called the YouTube's a big deal. So uh, you can find us there. Pretty easy. I, I had somebody uh, hit me up the other day and said, the YouTube's, I don't, I think they originally came to the podcast from the YouTube channel we're not originally a, a podcast listener found the i got trim my chest here found the um found the youtube channel first and then came to the podcast so as always we like to say if you're watching it check out the podcast if you're listening to it check out the youtube yep do it also uh yeah, as i'm wearing a little american-giant.com yes, promo code ham go check it out forgot to grab my uh my hoodie but that got washed yesterday it's ready for the week uh, American made. We'll tell you more about it later in the podcast, but American made, extremely great quality t shirts, hoodies. The classic hoodie is the flagship, but all kinds of the v neck, the crew neck, the slub, um, men's, women's, sweats, the whole deal. 15% off with code ham at uh, American giant.com. Not a sponsored deal this week, but we also do have, we decided, you said to me, like, actually, the Wells Fargo Championship's pretty good. So we did make a DraftKings game. Not a huge one. It's 50 people. It's 10 bucks. You can get in it. Um, go to the Haberman and Middlecoff uh, DraftKings page. I can tell you, John, 
exactly uh, payout. So 50 people, 10 bucks. Here's the payouts. First place, 225 bucks. Second place, 135. Third place, 90 dollars. It's not F1. We don't care about fifth in this particular uh, contest. I, I just looking at the odds. You know, there's some big names: Bryson, JT, Rom. Uh, Rom to me, dad mode. You know, I. I do think there's pretty incredible value. Max Homa, his first win was two years ago. I saw that he told Golf Digest, like, why are you so much more competitive now? He's like, well, I'm just a way better golfer. Like, I, I do think he's won here before, and he's just, he almost, he was in the mix this weekend with Keegan Bradley. I think he's a factor. Uh, Tony Finau, just to me, anytime you get Tony 25, 30 to one, like, he's going to win. I know it's kind of crazy. And then Willie Z guy, do you know that Will Zalatoris does not even have his PGA Tour card? And unless he wins, he's on like a, uh, I don't even know what the word is, but he, he's he, conditional status because of Corona. They let the top corn fairy guys, but then he's made enough money that he can keep playing, but he's not like actually a PJ tour member. He's even talked about it. Like I have to win to technically get my card, even though now I've made enough money to like, I can play for a year or two, but I'm not like just set in stone. Like a lot of these guys that have won tournaments. Mm. So it's just, I, I, I do think he's pretty good value at like, I think he's like 30 to one. Keegan, think, Keegan Bradley too. I saw him after the tournament saying, I've never played better golf in my life. Like I, and I know he was I playing just good golf today. going into last week, right? Yeah. So he's like, I, I feel pretty good going into next week, going in the PGA championship. You know, he, he's won a major, like he, he won the PGA championship. You get a fly in your water. No, there is a, there's like outside. I went down to see Elias earlier. There are like chicken feathers all over the street. <laughs> what? All John, all over the street. They're just like floating. They're in the sidewalks. They're on the cars. I mean, it looks like somebody hit 500 chickens with a truck. And I went to Elias and I'm like, dude, what, what is going on? Elias at the, the corner of the liquor store. Uh, and he's like, I don't know. Some guy told me they're coming all the way from Broadway, which is several blocks away. Yeah. I don't know if there was a big chicken murder or something. And so I put a screen in the window, but I had just a little itty bitty like I could tell that's where it came from. Sorry, dude. Sorry. If <laughs> anyone knows why there are just chicken feathers all over San Francisco, let me know. You know, it could be bums, free basing chickens around the corner. W- would that shock you? <laughs> you never know in that place. You never know. Anyway, you're you're hot on golf. The one thing I was going to say before we dive into football, I'm just saying there's some good, there's some pretty good. I wouldn't call them like hundred to one long shots, but guys, forty, thirty, guy, when you when you put twenty five dollars on forty to one, that wins a thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Obviously, if you put a hundred, you win four. Like that's you as football gamblers, you don't ever get those. Even if you get a great twenty to one, like a team to win the NFC Championship. You got to wait all fucking year. And it's so hard to win. You have to win multiple games. Golf, we're talking about one weekend. Yeah, just one weekend. Um, That's my problem with future bets. I just, I know a lot of people, gamblers, play them. I I don't know if I have the patience. It's just a long wait, especially if you're going to put a substantial, like I think a lot of times, like the big sharps or even like a big gambler will put $500 on a future. It's just a lot of time to wait just 500 or 1,000 bucks just sitting there. Yeah. I I, uh, I think one thing that happens a lot with golf, and I think home was a good example of this, is when a guy plays well, there's you kind of wait. Like, is he really is he, did he just level up, or is he just having a few good tournaments? And I think we tend to think this guy's just having a couple good tournaments, or there's no crowd, or this isn't with the big boys, or blah 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 blah. It's pretty hard to stack month after month after month after month 
the level of play that Max Homa has. Um, Max Homa, I, just, I think, I think Max one is a good young golfers in golf. Right, he's just a player. Yeah, yeah. he's a so, player. All right, uh, a lot to get into today. Um, should we begin? Should we Hell dive yeah. in? All right, let's dive in. Let's start. Uh, let's start with Michael Lombardi, John. A couple things here. So Didn't Jason Kelsey once famously say, Michael Lombardi? Was that the uh, parade? <laughs> yeah. I think he started it with the clown Michael Lombardi. Remember on the top of the uh, the Rocky statute. Yeah. That was a, le- a legendary speech from Jason Kelsey. <laughs> uh, Michael Lombardi, I guess he said this on Fox Sports Radio. I'm not buying it was Trey Lance all along for the 49ers. Anybody you talk to in the NFL that has sources, they aren't buying it either. The Niners can say it was Trey all along. That's a crock of crap. They traded up to get Mac Jones, and then the outside pressure became really bad. So there's two things that Michael Lombardi is saying here to address. One, was it Trey Lance all along? And two, did the outside pressure change their decision? And did they draft Trey Lance and not Mac Jones because of outside pressure? Okay, so two different things, both in the same quote. The thing about the outside pressure has gotten some attention. Ben Albright retweeted it uh, and said this did not happen at all. So I, to me, this, this is the thing that I think has less discussion around it. I don't believe for a second Kyle Shanahan drafted Trey Lance because of outside pressure. Um, let's start with that part. Do you buy that or not? I believe, and I, I don't claim to have inside sources on who they were going to pick the whole time like Lombardi claimed to know, and he was wrong. And I want to start there. I think a lot of people that were open about and very aggressive about their opinion on who the Niners were going to take got it wrong. I mean, just plain and simple. They went all in on Mac Jones, and they took another guy. This area, we always red flag that. We're like, this does not parallel or have – this is does not – look like what they've been doing over the last four years i have a hard time seeing this and we were right not i we went back justin field trey lance trey, whatever it was just i don't believe the mac jones michael lombardi's and uh, he was not alone matt they never wavered and they were wrong the moment trey lance's card was read by roger goodell here's what i do know though is that i have a hard time seeing kyle shanahan give a flying fuck about what anyone on the outside thinks, whether that, what are you talking about, social media? Because I, sometimes you read a headline, it goes, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of, lot of like I saw Albert Breer, who I like Albert a lot. And I think his MMQB, like it, it's really hard to just take that over for Peter. And they really, he hasn't skipped a beat. And he's one of just this unique guy that can have opinions, but is w- very well connected in his MMQB. I read it every week. And he wrote... A headline that Kevin Colbert, I think we have talked about this before, that he was only going to take seniors or guys that played this year. And he was like, that was very controversial. I'm like, with who? Like some people on Twitter thought it was stupid. I think we do that a lot with the Mac Jones thing was universal. You even said you were at like doing the Pac-12 golf championship. The dude that won it from Arizona was a diehard Niner fan. Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah. Am I throwing, but I'm not even throwing, but it's just. It, well, now that they didn't every, draft Mac Jones, let's just say the guy won the championship. <laughs> I won't say his name, but you can find it. Really, I mean, incredible performance. Won it in 74 holes. I had to go to the playoffs. And right after he came off the green, I was like, oh, you're a Niner fan? He's like, man, I hope they draft Trey Lance, not Mac Jones. So uh, that was a universal sentiment. No one wanted Mac Jones here. 
I just, I don't believe for a second that they pivoted because I believe my gut educated guess from the moment they made the trade, they had a stack. They had a board. Now they've said that since that it was Trey Lance all along. We can go back and forth. No one really knows unless you're in the building. I believe that it was Trey Lance and I'm, I'm, I think they lie a lot. So it would be an easy one, but maybe it was Mac Jones, but they had a guy the moment they made the trade and the way they played it the moment that night, once they took Trey Lance, they laughed at everyone that ran with Mac Jones, basically like, yeah, we just let him go. Why were we going to stop him? Right. And I, I don't, and it's safe to say where we were coming from was like, that's what we thought the whole time. Like what it behooves them to just let everyone run with it. Cause it, it got crazy. It got so aggressive. Yeah. So I, look, this was the biggest decision Kyle Shanahan's ever made. Right? I mean, you, this guy, it's one of the biggest decisions in league history when you factor yeah. in a trade of that magnitude. But, but my know? point is, for Kyle to take one of the biggest decisions, I'm not, forget about the trade, I just mean once Kyle Shanahan decided I'm drafting a quarterback in the first round, hell, if Kyle drafted the quarterback at 12, it would be one of the biggest decisions of Kyle, maybe the biggest decision of Kyle Shanahan's career, right? Maybe next to who he, does, who he chose to be his GM. I don't know. I mean, Belichick took Mac Jones at 15. It just felt like whatever. Yeah, but Bill's career is very different. Like, right now, Kyle, this is the first first-round quarterback, Kyle. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mike okay. took RG3. Kyle first, first, is in charge first, of this team. Yeah. Belichick's never drafted a quarterback that high either. But I know what you're saying. If you're but Kyle just, Shanahan walking around the office in your joggers the last three months, you felt the pressure. But the pressure did not come from Lombardi and Sims and Schrager and Eisen and Haberman and Middlecoff, you know, just all the big boys. It did not come from us and the, the media and Twitter and Niner fans and Jed York and the, 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 the referee at your kid's soccer team. The pressure that he felt came from him understanding what a significant decision he was making. That's my point. So there is no way in hell that Kyle Shanahan making the biggest decision of his career allowed Twitter and when I say Twitter, this, this is not even a social media thing because it's everybody was saying it everywhere, allowed the outside noise. Let's put it that way, because this is just everybody everywhere that covered the league talking about this. There's not a chance in hell he allowed that to affect his decision. No way. No way. There is no way that Jed York telling him, man, everyone's talking. Not a chance in hell, John, because totally the pressure agree. that he puts on himself, we see it on his face every day when he coaches his football team. Now, as it relates to whether or not they love Trey from the beginning, yeah, I buy that he watched the film and said to John Lynch, you got to watch this guy. And I buy on Monday when they talked about him, they said, man, think of all the stuff you could do with Trey Lance. And I agree with you that I think they had a stack of guys when they made the trade. Like, here's the number of guys we'd be comfortable with. Right. Well, I'm saying they had they had Trey picked when they made the trade. So I agree they had a stack of guys and maybe Trey was at the top where I would differ a little is I do think they considered Mac Jones. Like, I think they liked him. I do think they liked Mac Jones. And I think if they were drafting 12, uh, they, they might have taken him. Did they consider drafting him at three? I don't think they considered drafting him at three on Thursday. I don't think they considered drafting him at three on Monday. But I think two months ago, yeah, I think they thought about it. I do. I don't think Mac Jones was the leader in the clubhouse necessarily. Like, I do think they've said enough about Trey Lance to let us know they really liked Trey Lance from the beginning. They've stopped short of explicitly saying Trey was the guy we were drafting the whole time. And even if they said that, would you believe them? Because everybody always says that about the guys they draft. But, but I, I, Yeah, I, I don't disagree that they 
like Mac Jones. Like I, I do believe they like Mac Jones. And I think they like him more than Fields. P- part of the process of February, March, and April in any draft gathers information and guys go up or down. So it's like you don't necessarily know the stack of a draft board, and that includes Jamar Chases and Panay Sewells and everyone when the season ends in January. Like usually the combine, that's where you can kind of get an idea with times, with weights, with interviews. That That's kind of where guys get stacked. So th- there's some validity there. But here's what we do know when the dust settled. If they would have taken Mac Jones – at three, and it's, it's kind of pointless to talk about this like in like a week or two because it's like he went 15. It would have been the biggest overpay probably in the history of the league, given that they traded two net first rounders and this year's first rounder and a third to get a guy that ultimately I believe, given once we had all the draft information, was still overdrafted. And I'm not a Mac Jones hater; I think he's fine. But given Mac Jones' talent, that's probably as high as a guy with his talent has ever gone at 15. And the talk for a month and a half with the Lombardis was he was going to go three. And, and I said it to Coward fucking a month ago that it would have been the most arrogant pick in the history of the league. And I was proven right because the guy ended up going 15. And I still believe to this day it's kind of an overdraft. Well, you like said it on this show first. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, we all anyone with a brain was saying it. I mean, it was just like, what are we talking about? I, we hammered it home for a month. And, and just at the end of the day, they didn't take him. And I think it's hard. For a lot of people that put all their chips in the table on Mac Jones, like it's easy to be like, oh, they're just they can say whatever they want. They're bullshit. Well, bullshit. I, I think you got played, you know. And I, I think they listen. I'm and I'm the first one to say that I I, I think they lie a lot because all teams do. You the, the, the media is an easy mark for teams. I, they just are, and they can they can say whatever they want. And fans too. Like we don't really know what to believe unless you know the guy personally. But I have a hard time thinking like. You know, when you read the story about the breakdown of the trade and just going, Kyle really wants Mac Jones, and I get that they worked, you know, all the pick three, pick four, pick five, seeing where they get, where Parag, who was like a value genius, was like, yeah, this is, we got to get there to get Mac Jones. <laughs> like, I mean, it just, it, it, it didn't, it never added up for me. It never added, and I think Kyle was a little crazy with quarterbacks, but that, I, it would have been still, I, and I, we're going to find out. Like, there's still some sneaky pressure on Mac in New England, but he went 15th overall. That's a pretty precipitous drop for a guy that you know everyone thought was going to go three, right? Yeah, but it's not really. It's a drop from nowhere, right? Yeah, to me, he but, he didn't drop at all. He was I, to me, he was overdrafted. But see, here, this is what I I don't think the 49ers said. Uh, I don't think I don't think the way they viewed it was. This is just my read on it. I don't think the way they viewed it was, we're at three now, we can't possibly take Mac Jones. I think they were at three and then said, okay, could we take Mac Jones? There are things we like about Mac Jones. Like, what I want to know is, okay, you called, you know, Kyle Shanahan sent the clips to John Lynch and said, you got to watch this guy. I'm sure he sent him clips of Mac Jones too and said, look at all these things that Mac does that I think would work in the NFL. Like, you you can have liked Mac Jones, ultimately come to Trey Lance, maybe like Trey Lance the whole time and still considered Mac Jones like when you trade up to three as early as they did what you're doing is you're giving yourself a chance with an open mind to look at everything and I think one thing Shanahan said was he watched the tape they tried to do a trade in early February they got to know Trey Lance he told Eisen this yesterday and if I had met Trey before I watched his tape 
I liked him so much, I would have watched his tape and thought, boy, I hope the tape measures up to the guy. So I think Trey Lance solidified himself once they got to know him, once they had a better feel for his aptitude, once they interacted with him, all of the things. Like, it's not just about how good he is. And you always say, you've said this as a scout, like the first thing you got to do is the tape. Because if you love the guy, you can't let that cloud what you see. But even I, Kyle, and I think that I think that's fair in any walk of life. Like whatever the job is, more than we meet the person, you're going to start naturally rooting for him, or vice versa. You might hate the guy, but he might be really good at his job. But it's also part of the evaluation. Can this guy be the centerpiece of my franchise? Can I? Do I want to work with him every day? Do I trust him? Do I think he? Uh, do I think he's going to get better? Because I need whoever I'm I draft to get better. I'm not disagreeing that they didn't have a lot to learn about everyone, but I I, I have a hard time thinking that everyone was just like, oh, yeah, we can just take Mac. Like, there had to be if, – if that is true, there had to be John Lynch and Adam Peters had to be like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, my I think that there are probably people that were 100% all in on Trey Lance the whole time. I do think they still consider – Well, because they end up evaluating – I mean, part of John Lynch and Adam Peters' job is they do that in the fall when Kyle's coaching against the Jets, yeah. right? Yeah. They watch college tape and do that stuff during the fall. Kyle does not – and the coaching staff does not get involved till January. He claimed he was watching like when they were in Cabo, the way I read it. Yeah, because he went beach house for a month and watched tape. <laughs> yeah. But one thing John Lynch said, remember, when, good, Kyle, good when they finally vacay. told each other, when Kyle finally told him who he liked, right, that the, react, the way they presented it was the reaction was John went, okay, good. Almost as if John was on Trey. He thought Kyle would be too, but Kyle had to tell him, I'm on Trey Lance is the guy we're taking. So, I, th- again, since we started this with Lombardi, I don't buy outside pressure effect of their decision. Do I think they like Trey Lance from the beginning? I mean, they, that's what they've said. I just think they've left enough open that I do think they also considered. Now, I, again, I don't think they consider Matt Jones a week But a lot Matt of people consider a, a lot of players. Yes, yes. I don't think – look, I don't think this was February 1, whenever they started trying to do the deal, Trey Lance is the guy we're drafting. I don't think that's what it was. Mm. I don't think it was in stone. Trey Lance was the guy. I think they made the trade. Trey Lance was the top of the stack. Okay, that's fine. That's different than Trey Lance is the guy we're drafting and it's over. Yeah, but nobody, even when you make a trade, unless you're trading up to one, like when the Eagles made the trade for Carson Wentz, they were still debating Jared Goff and Carson Wentz because they didn't know who the pick was going to be. So I think that's part of the process while you make a trade. But you make the trade with the guy at top. Now, maybe that changes. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if Kyle had to be like, if part of this is a little fabrication and he had to be talked into it, Pete Carroll had to be talked into Russell Wilson. So as long as you come to the right conclusion and don't make a mistake, then, and ultimately we don't know anything yet, but it was the right decision in terms of what you would have had to pay on draft day. Drafting Mac Jones, I I don't, I mean, he would have to be like a top five quarter. It, It would have been a horrendous decision. I'm yeah. so I'm just they, yeah, they but, just did but look, not make ultimately, the wrong decision. I mean, we use where he went partly to justify that. I think that take was legitimate before the draft. Trey, uh, Justin Fields went 11. It's not like Justin Fields went four or five or six either, right? I think it's fair to say that a decent amount of teams like Mac Jones and Trey Lance more than Justin Fields. But I heard that the Bears love Mac Jones and they ended up taking Justin Fields. So I it. it it's hard to truly know because everyone sculpts their their truth <laughs> for that sure. they want you to believe. For sure. For sure. But you're really just defined on who you end up taking, right? Yes. Yes. 
Like, hey, even if the Niners, they've done the opposite. But if they like, you know, we really like Mahomes. But they, they just claim they didn't even watch him. But it would have been like, well, if you really liked him and you ended up taking Solomon Thomas, like it makes you look worse. Yeah, you're like better you off saying pa- we didn't watch. Yeah. You see the Packers? Somehow I, it came up on a timeline. or saw it. We're like, we, we were G, uh, Justin Jefferson. We loved IU. We we're like, what the hell, man? We just just take Jordan Love. Like We wanted those guys. Like, okay. <laughs> so you wanted two receivers, but Jordan Love was rated higher on our board. Come on, guys. It's, it's the Danny Ainge, Draymond Green, number three guy on his board. Yeah, great until they draft Jalen Rager. It's like, oops. So, I don't know. All right, John, let's tell the people about American Giant. American-Giant.com. Use the promo code HAM. Gets you 15% off. You're wearing the American Giant right now. Guy, do you like America? <laughs> I like American made. I mean, who... America, American made, the American working man. I think uh, Chris Farley and Dan Aykroyd once talked about that in a, in a film known as Tommy Boy. They're for the American worker. So are we. We're tired of going outside of the country. We like to stay here. American-giant.com. Promo code HAM. Get yourself a discount. Get yourself some clothes. Get yourself a hoodie. Get yourself V-necks, regular t-shirts. You name it. Just go to their website. It's pretty easy. I Doesn't think American Giant should do a commercial with, uh, was it Petey Pablo, North Carolina? Come on and raise yeah. up, take your shirt off, twist around your yeah. head, spin like a helicopter, because they, they do make their stuff in North Carolina. From the raw cotton to the cutting to the sewing, every single hoodie, the American giant classic full zip hoodie. I've got one. You've got one. I had a friend, Chris Chickadance, who used to actually take his shirt off and ri- swing it outside of, the, outside of his uh, Acura TSX every time that song came on. Um, but everything, the full supply chain, John, in the Carolinas, the zippers, the greatest hoodie ever made, the T-shirts, you're wearing it right there. High quality. This is stuff that lasts you for years and years and years and years. And uh, they've got it for men. they got it for women. they got the sweats. they got different. They got the V-necks. they got the crewnecks. It all starts with the hoodie and just builds out from there. Uh, 100% American made from the cotton to the zippers. Get your classic full zip hoodie right now at American-Giant.com. Promo code HAM, 15% off your first order. Do it. American-Giant.com. Actually, if you're watching the YouTube or you're listening uh, to the podcast, the link is in both. So you can just boop, boop, go right there, promo code HAM. Go Gotta love it. technology. Yep. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you... Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, 
maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Okay, um, next up. Speaking of uh, the quarterbacks, we've got to keep putting the old sleep number ad up. I got to get rid of that. Um, speaking of the quarterbacks, Kyle Shanahan was on Rich Eisen's show. He has talked about Jimmy Garoppolo being the starter. You and I guessed the other day, like, what exactly does that mean, right? And Kyle gave us kind of a blueprint for how he's looking at the quarterback position. He's been talking about this a little bit, but I thought to Rich, he put it probably in the most basic, straightforward way. And what he said was that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be, quote-unquote, running with the A's, I think is what he called it, the ones. And he'll be our starting quarterback, period. Quote, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to play a rookie quarterback. I'm not going to say that I am going to play a rookie quarterback. That's up to him. Like, that's up to Trey Lance to show me that he's ready to then be in a competition. When Trey Lance shows me that he's ready, then I will let him compete with Jimmy. But until that point in time, so it's not when he shows me he's ready, he gets the job. It doesn't work like that. It's when he show, he is now trying to show me that he's just ready to compete. Jimmy Garoppolo is my starting quarterback. So that... Kyle Shanahan has laid it very clearly for us how he's viewing this quarterback situation. Which I think is fair. You just, Jimmy's your starting quarterback, you make this guy earn it. Because you're not just going to put a guy out there that is not ready. Now, to me, the moment he shows he's ready, and coaches know this better, I think, than personnel guys, because there's so much into calling the play, the comfort. the, The one issue I often have with coaches with this situation is, there's like an unquantifiable. It's like, you know, he just feels a little flummoxed out there. Like, what do you mean? He fucking, you see that pass he just threw? I don't give a shit that if he didn't quite read the end of the play. Like, to me, there's a learning process that you have to be open to. But he just has to prove that he can take balls from center, just make the play call, understand the offense. I do think, though, going into the preseason and the preseason games, because let's face it, the last several years, if you just watch Jimmy in the month of August, it looks terrible. I mean, awful. Jimmy is, I I don't know how they would describe him as a practice player, uh, but I'd say a preseason player, he can look awful and really, really bad. And to me, if Trey Lance is going out there and making plays, you go in with a plan. Once upon a time, you and I were, you know, when we talked a lot about the Raiders, they went in, Matt Schaub was their starting quarterback. Now, Matt Schaub was not good. When the by the time the Raiders got him. So it was clear, like, you're not going to be able to win with this guy. And then Derek had a really good preseason, and it was clear, like, just go with the more talented guy. Jimmy is much more physically gifted than Matt Schaub, so it'll be hard for Jimmy, even when he looks bad, to look that his balls just, he throws a harder ball. But I do believe, like, if Trey Lance is just, would you be stunned if, like, Trey Lance gets a start in the preseason, quote-unquote, over Jimmy? Obviously, it wouldn't happen the first preseason game, but what if Kyle's like, yeah, we're just going to play Jimmy. Our plan is to play all three preseason games, you know, just a little bit. But by the third game, they just think Trey Lance is making more plays and they start him. Uh, I mean, I would not be stunned if he starts a preseason game, no. 
I would be stunned if he starts a preseason game because he might actually become the starter because he's quote-unquote making more plays. That would surprise me if he's able to do that. I mean, even Garoppolo, well, we'll get to stuff that Jimmy has said, but that part would surprise me. Is that what you're saying? Like that he'd be the starter in a preseason game because he might actually become the starter? Yeah, I, I just think that ultimately your play doesn't lie. And the team knows it. The coaches know it. There is, if you're living in it, and I, I you and I now kind of helicopter in and helicopter out pre-corona. And as do, I guess, some media members go to practice every day. But even then, like, if you're not truly, like, the thing the media does not get, that when you work for a team or part of the team, is, like, the meetings. Like, the coaching staff meetings, where you go over the personnel and really get a vibe of where everyone's standing on the guy. And it, it changes, it ebbs and flows day to day. And it's a powerful thing. I remember the first time I was ever allowed my first year to go to a personnel meeting with the Eagles. I was like, damn, this is fucking sweet. Hard knocks. You know, even though I had been around him for two years with Fresno State, it just, the difference is that in college, like, let's get rid of this guy. You know, he's going to cut him. You don't do that. You just end up moving him up or down. Where in, in the pros, like, guys are playing for jobs, but also you're playing for starting positions, which is a big deal in the pros. And I just think that, Old, like th- there's going to be a vibe with how Trey's playing in training camp, good or bad, that ebbs and flows daily that factor in more than just his throws, what he's like in the meeting room, what they think his ability to translate improvement from day to day that will be hard to tell besides just if you and I were just standing there on the sideline, just he throws a good ball, he's accurate. Right. But that that is not – with a quarterback – it, it, like, if you're a running back and you just make some plays, like Matt Breda, you're like, damn, this guy might have something. With a quarterback, there encompasses more because you're basically trusting him to run the team. And that's where I am in agreement it's going to be an uphill battle. But I by no means think that, that if Trey can come out, because physically he's just way more gifted than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy's big advantage is understanding, which is a big part of this offense. But it's a big part of any Trey, situation. Trey's a different animal. Right. It's a big it, I mean, part of this is. depends on, you know, I, I think what would be interesting to see is do we arrive at a point where Kyle Shanahan's comfortable enough that, yeah, we're going to have packages for Trey, but he's not really competing with Jimmy for the starting job. Right. We've talked about how they use him. That could be where we arrive by the time the season's here. It's like I'm happy with where he is, comfortable putting him in games to do specific things. He's not better, th- a better option than Jimmy Garoppolo right now today because I'm trying to win football games. Right. Like whatever we think we think, but he Kyle Shanahan. Sometimes you say that, though, and you're wrong. Well, absolutely. But I just yeah, I mean, but I think when you're trying to win a Super Bowl, this goes back to the Chargers thing last year. They were wrong, too, but they were wrong. And their organization was in a different place. Like they were at a place where it was easy to go. Guys, you're not winning a championship this year. Start Justin Herbert. Now, Maybe we don't think the Niners are really going to win a Super Bowl this year, but I think they view this year like they're going to try and get back to the Super Bowl. Now, first, they got to just be a playoff team. That's how you and I talk about them. But they think they've got like they just paid Trent Williams. They just like they think they got a Super Bowl roster. So that's how they view week one is like who gives us the best chance to win today? And uh, Kyle Shanahan said it like there's not going to be any question when Trey Lance is ready to compete when that moment comes. It's not going to be because Trey Lance walked up to me, put his hand on my shoulder and said, Coach, I'm ready. It'll be because everybody can tell that he's ready. I'll be able to tell. His teammates will be able to tell. Jimmy will be able to tell. Anybody watching will be able to tell Trey's ready to compete for the job. And that's when he'll compete for the job. Period. But I do think this goes back to Jimmy didn't get traded. Jimmy's worth more to this team than he's worth to other teams. Like if, if they wanted a first or a second for him and they were only getting offered a fifth, 
makes sense. Because he's worth more to this team now that they've drafted Trey Lance. He's not worth as much to them if they drafted Mac Jones or Justin Fields, who you would think should play right away. But he's worth more to the 49ers than he's worth to other teams. So they're going to treat him that way. Because right now he is their starting quarterback. One big picture element, and I'm not trying to sprint before we just crawl. But if you go back, let's just say hypothetically they pull off the Alex Smith thing. Jimmy plays this year. They're successful. They win a playoff game. They the Alex Smith team. Chiefs thing, not the Alex Smith Niners thing. Well, yeah, I guess it the was Alex Smith, The Alex Smith Chiefs thing with Mahomes. And he sits for a true year. Maybe depending on how the year goes, if that Week 17 game is meaningless, they can give him a meaningless start like Mahomes, and he was really good in that game. The reason ultimately that worked so seamlessly for the Chiefs is when Mahomes came in the next year, he won the MVP, and they went to the AFC Championship game, and they went to overtime against Tom Brady. So they upgraded immediately, and you knew it. Right. I do think it's difficult if you just start Jimmy, and let's say it's one of his four, you know, every other year he's healthy this year. They go 10-7, and seven, and they win a playoff game. It's like have a successful year. It would be, a, let's say you lose in the second round, but it was like, fuck, you back, double-digit win team. But you, next year's Trey Lance's year, because now it's time. Then it's like, the reason it worked for Kansas City is the motherfucker came in and they dominated and he was awesome. Like, that right. is, you could, add, you could argue there's more than added pressure on Trey because then he's just got to be good and he hasn't really played. Like, that is, to me, when you start the rookie, the bar's low. Because right now, I hate to say it, everyone talks like the Super Bowl roster. Super Bowl roster, I, I mean, maybe. I, I don't even think that. It's a playoff roster. But I, I, I like starting. Don't you want to start the rookie with a playoff level roster? Wasn't wasn't that the best thing that ever happened with Russell Wilson? Yeah, again, ideally, but the guy has to be ready. Like all of this stuff is just hypothetical until the guy's ready to play. If but the guy's ready to the, play, part of the reason he's not ready. And looking back at Mahomes, would the Chiefs have been better off if Mahomes had started for a rookie? They'll never truly know. But I could make the argument probably. Do they lose in that first round to Mariota? Maybe not. Like, so is it ready just because the short term? Maybe. But just because you have Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not, I get it if you have like Aaron Rodgers, but it's not like you got a Pro Bowl player. He's just better, you know, because of quote unquote experience. But I do think if you take the big picture view, I don't think it would be crazy at all if we went, is he truly ready? Probably not, but we're just starting him. Now, clearly they're not going to do that. But to act like that's not but, an option to me is stupid. Yeah, but but the question is, what does ready mean? Does ready? This is where I go back to my comment. Who's about, ever ready for anything? No, but though. okay. But this is where I go back to my comment about training wheels. What does ready mean to Kyle Shanahan? Does ready mean can execute the offense exactly like Jimmy Garoppolo can, or does ready mean can do enough that I feel comfortable with them on the field, right? And that that's I don't know what ready means. We'll see. But I do think there's a difference between him, even than Mahomes, certainly than Herbert, just given the amount of football all those guys played. Now, I do think he's clearly open-minded to it. Like he said, I'm not going to say I'm not going to play a rookie. I'm not going to say I am. I haven't seen this guy in the field in a Niners uniform yet. So I do think he's open-minded to playing him. And given his experience with RG3, my guess is if if he can give you enough plays on one end that it limits some of the stuff you can do on the other end. In other words, he can do some stuff Jimmy can't do, but... There's also a few things you're not ready to do with him yet. My guess is he's going to get an opportunity. If he's at that point, then he's going to get an opportunity to compete. And the other thing is Jimmy historically has not been as <laughs> consistent or productive as Alex Smith, right? 
Like that's the other no. difference. Like Alex, what did Alex do that year that Pat Mahomes was on the bench? Well, I think he had his best year of his career. So, okay. Like that's another part of it, right? Like Tyrod Taylor has never had the year that Alex Smith had. Jimmy Garoppolo has played one year as a starter. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes wasn't kept on the bench by a middle-of-the-road performer that year. No, but but I think we both agree Alex is a better player than Jimmy. And Alex's last season for the Chiefs, like if you tell me Jimmy gives them 26-5, and five, like, yeah, I mean, I don't expect Jimmy to do that, though. You know, and that's... Right, no, no, I, I understand. I'm just saying, like, I, that's where I think the situations are a little different, potentially. I, I would go into this thinking, I by no means think Jimmy is some lock. Now, I, I don't know if that means week one, week three. I, I just, I'm pretty open-minded to the situation just because this guy might just be way more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo. Absolutely. And Jimmy might fine. be more Jimmy's ready solid. than we think. Yeah. And you don't truly know till they practice. And like Kyle says, but you do know. And they'll, they'll have a vibe like, we got something special. Or it's like, okay, this guy's a legit project. Then to me, if that's the case, okay. Then you got times on your side. That's where Jimmy does come in. Yeah, as long as, to your point, as long as he But is he the third like, stringer? Right. Or is he the as long as he doesn't look like Jordan Love. Whatever yeah, Jordan Love can... looks like, couldn't tell you because they've been keeping him underground, I think. Especially given that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starter. Zach Wilson's going to be the starter. I'll be a little surprised if Justin Fields isn't the starter. How is he not? And Mac Jones the starter? Probably. Yeah. Well, Mac Jones is playing, probably. You'd think, but that that one's a little harder to figure out. Would Bill just... <laughs> Bill's trying to win, so it just whatever happens will yeah. win. And I understand Kyle trying to win, too. Like, no one wants to lose. But there, there's a balance to think big picture with the young guy that you just invested all this. I think, for me, the bottom line is, what does Kyle need? Does Kyle need him to know the playbook like Jimmy, or can Kyle have him as a do-the-training-wheels offense? Yeah. That's the, you know, what does it mean to Kyle to have him be ready? Jimmy got the training wheels offense in 2017 when he showed up. They won. Now when Jimmy he came in during the not season. A, not an apples-to-apples situation, but an apples-to-apples yeah. apples situation. Seen, RG3, just, I mean, we've seen yeah. Kyle do different things for different players. Right? Um, I would imagine he wants to play him. Yes. And we want to see him. We want to see him. There's no doubt. Uh, this not being decided in May, also good. Yeah, I don't hate it. For don't business. Uh, and, and, you know, the other part of this is Jimmy Garoppolo does have some power in the whole situation, right? Jimmy and his dad. Jimmy, I didn't realize Jimmy was doing this every offseason with his dad, doing like media tours. Uh, is it clear exactly to you what exactly they're uh, promoting? No. No okay. clue. Blue collar workers. Yeah, blue car guys. Skills, uh, Klein Tools and Skills USA. They've been doing interviews, talking about things. Um, Are they just promoting tools? <laughs> you know, they did something. I saw uh, Cam Inman, I think, was at. They did something at uh, in San Jose. I don't know if it's at. Uh, I, again, I somebody else can tell me. That's not relevant to us necessarily. This is one of the things Jimmy Garoppolo said. He reached out to Trey Lance. He said, it's hard coming into this league. I know how it was coming from an FCS school into the NFL. It's a bit of an adjustment. It's just different. What I can do to help him, I'll be more than happy. And the way I read that is, we don't even, you don't, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you don't even need Jimmy to be more than happy. But Jimmy is in a powerful position here. Because when you are the starting quarterback, as he is right now, 
We know that because Kyle called him that. You do affect the locker room. You affect. We saw it happen in Philadelphia. There became a split. Right now, he's the starter. It's easy to be that. When Trey Lance finally gets to the point where he's ready to compete, then you don't really have control of the situation anymore, right? Just like Jalen Hurts started looking good, some guys wanted Jalen to play. If the Niners get to that point where some guys want Trey and some guys get want Jimmy, we'll see. We'll we'll you know they'll have to cross that bridge then. But when you are the starting quarterback whose replacement has been drafted, you do have a lot of power just in terms of affecting the energy in the room, affecting you have the ability to to make it difficult, not just for Trey, but if you make it difficult for Trey, you're making it difficult for your coach, you're making it difficult for your teammates. You know, there's some stuff here Jimmy can't control. If Trey Lance is just better than him, Garoppolo can't control that. But he can control what has been under Kyle Shanahan, even though they haven't won a ton. Uh, I would say it's, it, the building has had a pretty good uh, I, chemistry, I guess could be the word. They've just had a pretty good um, uniform type of vibe around them that Jimmy could negatively affect if he didn't handle this like a professional. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a lot to gain. You know, it, I would say in most industries, even ones that pay a lot, it's pretty easy to pivot to another company to do whatever. I mean, hell, at one point in time, I think you could call Abram Middlecoff a little malcontents, uh, you know, with management. Yeah, you could call him that. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It, but it, there's so many options and it's not, you know, you're not confined to one league. Right, most businesses they're not like they're all in the same thing together. Like you can go a million different directions. In football, there are uh, people DM me like, "Why doesn't Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson just refuse to show up, sit out, and go play in Canada?" Well, it's like, well, the NFL pays you when you're the number one overall pick almost forty million dollars. Check out Canada. They're, they're not only are you not allowed to walk out of your house, they don't pay you any money to play in their league. Can I address so that like, for a second? Yeah. I think from the outside, it's easy to look at the Jags and just be like, what a man. Ugh, ugh. But guess what happens? They fly you a private jet. They fly you to a gorgeous facility. The stadium looks beautiful. Everybody that sits around you is high level. You're talking to Urban Meyer. Stadium, and, stadium a little old, but. Well, I just mean you walk into the facility and they're going to have a bunch of suite. Now, he did come from Clemson. I'm just saying when you walk into an NFL office, it doesn't feel like you're walking in to like blockbuster as it's crumbling around you. Like it feels like you're walking yeah. into a multi-billion dollar industry because you are anyway. And, you know, in his, you know, instance, they brought his teammate, probably pretty, a little easier transition. Right. But, you know, in football, your actions, unless you're an elite player, like Antonio Brown level, when you act like an idiot, it, you can't hide it. It not only gets out, it gets out like wildfire. Everyone knows. And actually, I would say the perception, it gets worse. I think sometimes we end up, and a lot of teams don't mess with guys because the negativity by the time of the chain of communication gets to them is like, oh my God, this guy in our, this guy around our guys? No way. Not what we've heard, even though it's not probably nowhere near as bad. But every the story just gets listen, I know I naturally do it when I hear something, I just kind of embellish it one way or the other, and it can just grow. And with Jimmy, the one thing that it does grow, and probably even more positive when you're like, This is a good guy, man. I want this guy in my room. This guy, like I'd say Mariota's a guy where it's just like, we just want this guy around. Like he's just salt of the earth, good guy. And he can play a little, but you know, I just I don't think he's as good of he's, a 
passer is Jimmy. But my point is, but Mariota makes three million dollars. Like if you just in the back last of quarterback, year. like a huge reason that Chase Daniels just around like or Blank Abbott, like we just love this guy around the dudes, love him around the fellas. Right. He knows what's asked of him. Now Jimmy is. We're talking about a starting quarterback, but if those guys, like if Blaine Gabbert or Mariota was better, people would be lined up to get those guys, right? We just This guy's one of the guys. People love him. Their problem is they're just not good enough. Yeah. Jimmy can play well this year because he has in the past, but he can also be like, you know, he was the first guy. Did you mention this? I mean, Trey said this. He was the first text he got was from Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. So, like, you keep... Which shows that, that he gets types. it. Because yeah, he wasn't that, sitting there And even fired that type up. stuff is, we can laugh at it or whatever. But if the year goes on and it's just like, you know, Jimmy and Trey, they like okay. each other. They hey. got around. Like, isn't Alex a great example of just his stock, I would say, rose. Now, a big part of that year, his play had never been better. But I do think he doubled down on, goddamn, this guy couldn't have treated the guys any better. And he acted like, not just a pro, but... Th- that that set the bar in our organization for how to conduct yeah. yourself. Yeah. Can Jimmy act like that? Because if he does, then I think he's going to earn best case for him. People are going to want him. And two, best case for the Niners, that if he plays well, obviously people are going to want him, right? Because there's something to be said about at the quarterback position, the last thing in a million years you want is any bad situation, whether that's personality, whether that's like Deshaun Watson, whether that's Carson Wentz. I just want my guy to be... Ugh, like, say what you want, Minnesota never has to worry about Cousins. They wish he could make a little more plays, but it's just he's the least of our worries, right? We If our defense is good, we'll make the playoffs. He's not our problem. Yeah, I mean, he's when they're good enough to win a championship and he's their quarterback, then he's their problem. And the reality is most people are never going to be good enough to win the championship, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, you could have argued he was their problem a couple years ago. When yeah, they, I mean, they were their, their problem was like, yeah, if we had Mahomes, we'd win the championship. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, like you, you want a playoff game. That's a hell of a season. Uh, yes. And Jimmy's proven that. Like, if your team's good and you have Jimmy, like you can win. I think he has a lot. If you just look at most guys, the game that aren't going to be on their team, like obviously like a DK Metcalf or a Hopkins, these guys are going to be on their teams for a while. I'm t- about a guy that clearly is not going to be on the team for probably more than a year. No one in the league to me has more the game than Jimmy Garoppolo. If he plays well and acts right. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and the, and the Niners directly gained as well because he would immediately have, like, Washington football, th- whoever just needs a starter, like, all of a sudden he has value. Under contract next year, too, right? I think the Steelers are a good example. I don't know that Mason Rudolph's good enough to be. The odds are that he's not good enough to right, be Ben Roethlisberger. You'd bet against it. I would. Replacement. But Ben doesn't. One thing's clear. Ben doesn't make it easy for whoever. The next guy that's the Steelers quarterback won't be like, got to give a lot of credit to Ben. Man, he really helped me out. Right? It's just, but don't you think that's hurt kind of Ben? Like right now, if they had cut him, it's like, do we even want this guy around? I think it just makes trending? their life harder. Like that's, I think Mike yeah. Tomlin's job historically is harder than it looks because he makes it look seamless. But Juju clearly, that was that's not easy for them. He's back, but it's not easy for them. Juju hurt himself. A.B., the fact that you've said this a while ago, the fact that Antonio Brown was a stealer for as long as he was and it didn't get weird until the very end, credit to Tomlin. Ben, again, more... Uh, more maintenance than you want your starting quarterback to be. There's no question. I'll give you a good example of a player who's not any good anymore, but people just clearly seem to like him is Joe Flacco. 
Like Joe Flacco's going to bank an extra ten, fifteen million dollars just year thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, just getting to be a backup. Yeah. Why? Because not an asshole. People like him. Yeah. Now I think his personality might be a little different, but clearly, like people aren't afraid of him, right? To bring him around their young quarterback, right? Well, that, to me, there's something to be said about that, and it's a hard balance. Ooh. And Jimmy's now has been a backup and a starter. You could argue Flacco had always been the starter. Jimmy does have perspective. Right, he was a backup for three. He was in Trey Lance's shoes, kind of. I mean, he wasn't directly yeah. drafted to replace, but Brady could look at it that way, right? Brady did, and he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Brady still invited him to the, uh, you know, Derby. The party. Derby. Yeah, I actually saw some photos because the Derby was Saturday of Jimmy and Tom at the Derby. I'm like, wait, is he still going to the Derby with Tom? I, I, I saw that too. Yeah, it was old photo. It was right? old. Yeah, it was old. Kind photos. of the reddish suit he had on. I was like, I swear to God, he, is this Jimmy back? I remember right. Tom's big like camel brim like hat. That's what you I remember. You know who did it? Because Edelman's like, I love this day, yes. and yeah, he threw up right. the photos. I was like, is Wes Walker at the draft or is he with Brady? It was like Vrabel in the back. I'm like, these guys are working. <laughs> you know, they can throw you off of some of those. I, I, I don't blame them for posting pictures because they look pretty cool. Because I'd be really impressed if they went back again like next year and Jimmy was back with the crew. But Tom was just there, but he went with a different crew this year. Uh, yeah, I didn't see Did who you see the picture of Tom had a huge hat on this year. Was it the camel colored one? Like the light tan one? No, no. It was like uh, blue, purple. It was a darker color. The question is, is Jimmy going to go next year and invite Trey? Jimmy, if Jimmy had gone Saturday and taken Trey Lance, that would have been a, that would have been impressive. <laughs> that would, that's what Jimmy should have done, man. He missed an opportunity. I know. Go to the Derby, take Trey Lance. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. You know, Josh Johnson, the whole crew. Ladies and gentlemen, before we move on, let's tell you about netsuite.com slash am. If you're still running your business on QuickBooks, you are in quick sand. QuickBooks? Crazy. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sink with outdated software that just can't keep up. You don't have time to spend dealing with manual processes, multiple systems, delays, scrambling at the numbers you need. It's time to get on solid ground, and you do that when you go to netsuite.com slash ham. Well, I'm excited to use them, guy, netsuite.com slash ham, because you, know, you and I, tax season's next week. Uh, comes to a screeching halt and you know you're going through all your different accounts you're trying to figure it out i need to get in one consolidated area that's where these guys come through they help you automate your key business processes and close your books in a fraction of the time i mean i'm, I'm spending i was up last night i mean up but i mean seven eight o'clock at night doing this stuff it's like this sucks think days not weeks in fact 93 percent of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control over their business since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. How do you beat that? We're talking financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, NetSuite offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to graduate from QuickBooks. Head to NetSuite.com slash ham. That's special financing for you graduates at NetSuite.com slash ham. That's NetSuite.com slash ham. Do it. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Stuck. Stuck. Terry Bradshaw's ripping him. Terry Bradshaw's naming all the guys. Did you hear that? Terry's naming all the guys that they had to try replace him. He's like, you know why I didn't care? Because I knew when we got on the practice field, I was better than all those guys. Uh, but Aaron Stuck. And I, you know, Kyle Shanahan told Eisen, yes, I called LaFleur. And it was a very quick phone call. LaFleur said, don't bother to have John Lynch call. Uh, we're not trading Aaron. And I, this was my take at the time, and I only feel more strongly about it in every day since. Aaron should have blown this thing up two months ago because he gave the Niners no time to trade for him. Gave yeah. him no time. Like, remember what happened with Tom Brady? The Niners spent a few days diving into Tom Brady, and then they decided, whatever, we're not doing Tom Brady. <laughs> Oops. But they, didn't give, they gave the Niners no time to try and get if the Niners wouldn't have won the Super Bowl with Tom. Tom made the right decision. Tom got lucky, or he, he was forced into the right decision. However you want to look at it. I'm it just saying out. the Niners had time to evaluate the situation. This thing, they had no time. And the yeah. Packers didn't have it. Like, it's more about the Packers didn't have any time either. I, I, I've come to grips, and I, this is not an original take. I, I heard a bunch of people saying this the last couple of days. I was adamant, I guess, where I stood on this, supported Aaron because of the Jordan Love situation you never shake. But, like, Terry's a good example. And any quarterback, I remember Steve Young talked about the guys they brought in. Aaron knows that this guy can't hold his jock. So, even once they fuck up, Aaron knows I'm back in control. I'm the captain now because that guy stinks. I'm elite. I have all the power back. I think this, and you saw the Kentucky Derby picture, his fiance, wife, girlfriend, I don't even know what they're considered, but she I actually was a she was an animal activist. I saw the, then when she the picture of the Kentucky Derby went viral, all the animal activists got pissed off. She's been arrested before for like a you know, one of those PETA marches. Oh, like type tying things. herself to a Yeah, doing meat one of those or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to not let the cows, you know, get slaughtered or whatever. And I do just wonder if Aaron's fiance, if it's influencing him. And ultimately, if it's as simple as, you see this a lot in the NBA. I guess it's less about what city they live in because they're not there as much. Where in the NFL, you are in the city. Like even your eight away games now, I guess for the NFC, it's nine. Your nine away games, you're just there less than 24 hours. Yeah. It's like overnight trip. So you are spending six months. And for Aaron, where they consistently go to the playoffs, basically June till probably late January there, right? Mid-June. Or I guess, you live at home me, mid-July. NFL player. Yeah. And I can imagine when you look at his three teams, he's a West Coast guy. Three teams were the Niners, the Raiders, and the Broncos. None of them were like other teams. He could have easily thrown out Miami, the Jets, because it's not like winning was a uh, was a check mark on this list, right? Because the other two teams are. I mean, the Raiders made the playoffs once in eighteen years. Uh, the Broncos have been terrible for now about four. Elway, I read Mike Silver's article was like, you know, it was weird just sitting in the draft room. I just gave it up. I did. Was he forced to? It's one of those like, you know, I quit, but I moved up. I, who knows? But part of it was that they weren't winning. If they were rolling, he, he'd still be the. He'd be making. He'd be calling. One thousand percent. So is it about? Does he just want to be back west? And here's what you can't. And I don't blame him for thinking that. He's been there for fifteen years. Maybe just over it. He's tired of looking at Gudikins. I get it all. What he cannot say is, I'm tired of fucking living here, because what does he want to be for the rest of his life till he's buried? A Green Bay Packer legend. So you can't, 
it's easy to use Gudikins instead of crushing the area and kind of what the Packers title town, what it stands for. If he just came out, I think a lot of people, I'd respect them if he's like, you know, I just don't want to live here anymore. But he 100% cannot say that. I do think he doesn't like the front office. Yeah, I would imagine he does not like the GM for doing that. But I don't think this entire move, the more I've let it marinate in my brain, is strictly over Gudikins drafting Jordan Love. I a thousand percent agree with that. But I also think it goes back to how— Once, lo- once Jordan Love was proved that he's not that good. But I bet it goes back further, John. My guess is, remember, did, did he want them to fire McCarthy four years before they moved on from Mike McCarthy? Were there arguments? But Gudikins wasn't the general manager then. Well, I understand. But I'm just saying, like, uh, who was it Silver that wrote he has beef with— like, it's the whole front office. It's not just Gudikins. Like, he's got problems with everybody. Did he? Yeah, the, was he mad that have, when it came time to hire Matt LaFleur? Yeah. Matt LaFleur? That it wasn't Aaron didn't get to call the shots, right? Like, I, I, I'm with you. I agree it's more than Jordan Love. I agree with okay, you. Okay, but, but, but my thing would be, which is fair, they've had a pretty uh, successful relationship over two years. I mean, he's had, if no we doubt. just look back at the stats slash the wins— it's got to be one of the greatest two-year career, two-year stretches of his career. I mean, part of right? why they were good, they signed the Smith brothers, right? Who did that? Gudikins. They re-signed Aaron Jones, who he was kind of pounding the table for, who's good. Like, I'm just saying, we do the way Aaron kind of came out attacking the front office. One thing fans and definitely people in our shoes will, will do much probably different than maybe 20, 30 years ago. We'll evaluate the situation and immediately pick a side. And we're not, like, always picking the team side. The Texans get shit on 24-7, 365. If people are like, God, I don't even blame them. The Packers joke. It's like, bro, you won 26 games. You hosted the NFC Championship game. You arguably had the best year of your career. Yeah. Individually and team-wise. I mean, it's beside the year you won the Super Bowl. It's probably your best chance because the only time you've ever hosted the game. So it's like, I think people go, is it? You just want out, Aaron? Because this gets back to, I just, you just want to live out West. Which, again, I've understood. I've been there. Making way less money and farther away to the East. Like, I get wanting to come home. But at least just, his problem is he, he can't be honest about that. Because he would get crushed. By the by the Packer people, which he wants to love them. Because they do. I do think, I agree. But I do think it's more, I do think there was a real animosity with him. And the organization. Do you think Yoko Ono's playing a role here? Because that's what the internet thinks. Yeah. I don't know. I think Aaron was legitimately pissed all last year. Now, I don't know when he started dating her. But I think Aaron was legitimately pissed last year. And I think Aaron holds grudges for a really long time. I, I think most people kind of do, right? Yeah, but on different levels. You just It's hard for humans to forget. Some people, if you're good enough at what you do or good-looking enough at, to upgrade in a relationship— it's easy to get back. And he's one of the rare one one percenters, right, who's, who's good enough to usually win his grudges. At least now. Maybe when he hits 41, it's not quite as good. It won't be as easy. People will be like, oh, this guy's just a dick. Remember, toward the end of Favre, it was like, God, Brett, hang him up, buddy. <laughs> There's a balance. Right now, he's still in control because he's elite. That's the key. Yeah, and then Favre unretired. And, you know, that was a situation that Aaron had to deal with, too. Aaron but probably, I even mean the I, I even mean like the the second Minnesota season. Oh, I was like, God, oh, this kind of ugly. This guy's kind of remember the Jets season was ugly before yeah, was he weird. went to Minnesota and was good. The Jets season, like, I remember seeing him. I he played at the Niners. I was like, this guy does not have it anymore. But guys can get. I I just think guys can get weird fast for whatever reason. You know, I we we call Antonio Brown a weirdo because of the way it happened in Pittsburgh. But like, really, what just because he went 
truly public with a sit down with Jeff Darlington. Aaron refused to do that because he's better at PR. But what's the difference? It's like you're winning, you're crushing. Yeah, it, I mean, Aaron as a quarterback is just more directly. He just more directly impacts. Like he has a better time saying we're winning because of me, right? And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I, but to the original point, he the Niners called because of course you call it. Aaron. Like if the Niners were told Thursday morning you can trade the third round pick for Aaron Rodgers, I mean the third overall pick for Aaron Rodgers, they would have done it in a heartbeat, right? Can they still do it? I, mean, I think it's harder once you get the guy in the building. You know, it's harder yeah. once you think, like, how much do we love this guy? But, yes, they can, the short answer is yes, you can still do it. I think it, I, do you agree that it's harder once you get Trey Lance in the building? You're like, okay, now this is the direction we're going? My gut says you can't do it now, but I don't know why I would say that. <laughs> but that's also my gut. But I just think about it like, you just go, wait, we're going to just acquire Aaron Rodgers tomorrow? If he was 34, I wouldn't hesitate. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be 38. Like, you're just, you're getting up there. Part of it, too, is like, what's the truth about Trey Lance? We would find out a little bit the truth about Trey Lance. Like, have they loved Trey Lance for three months? They they can't wait to get him. They're absolutely sure that Trey Lance is a star in the make, just waiting to be hatched, right? Yeah. What do you really think? We'd find out what you really think. Because if that's what you really think, if you think you got Josh Allen in two years... Then you don't. Then you don't do that deal. Well, because I know if I'm the Packers. Well, if you were the Jags, would you do the deal? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, for Aaron Rodgers. Well, well it, part of the element here is Aaron would be like, I'm not playing in Jacksonville. No, I understand. So I I'm just saying, if you're in the position where you had the guy that you think is a surefire top tier quarterback, I, I would not. I would take Trevor Lawrence. So if you think Trey Lance is going to be that, if you're them, then you don't. Then I don't think you do that deal. Well, because also the problem is like Trey Lance for Aaron Rodgers doesn't get it done. But to me, if I'm Gudikins, be like, I want Trey Lance, I want Nick Bosa, and I want George Kittle. That's my that's my counter offer, right? Because I know you have no picks, so I don't want but second, third round picks mean nothing to but me. But I would say this too: ultimately, if you're the Packers and you think Trey Lance is the next Josh Allen, then you do that deal. Like you're like, okay, this guy doesn't want to be here. We're ready to move on from him anyway. We think that guy's a star. Do what deal? Jo- uh, uh, Trey Lance for Aaron Rodgers. You would never do that straight up, though. No, but I'm saying if you are convinced that guy is Josh Allen, if you are convinced that if they thought right now the guy they drafted last year was ready to be a star, then, yeah, go get your four ones for Aaron Rodgers and move on with your life. Yeah, I I think the problem, though, is with the draft, no matter how much you love a guy, and this would probably include Trevor Lawrence, you never truly know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is, I think, when the dust settles, how is he not going to be considered a top five quarterback of all time, right? Because I mean, Marino is, and he never now. even won a Super Bowl. It feels like Aaron's accomplished more, right? I know it's not apples to apples. The league was different back then, but like, is Aaron Rodgers going to be considered better than Dan Marino? Well, I think we already talked about him. People say things like he's the most talented quarterback to ever play, which is just a way to say, yeah, I wish he had another Super Bowl. Yeah, don't you think Marino's kind of talked about like that too? Yeah, but and Elway is the and Elway's the version of most talented who actually won two. Right, I think Rodgers ahead of Marino. Just if you, if we I did, a hundred people it, made their list. So if I told you you had Marino a- after an MVP in what looks like the peak of his powers, yeah, I ain't trading him for a rookie, right? That, you, I think you got to use like other people yeah, in previous. To talk I think you about. only do it when you're ready to. You only do it when it is kind of you're ready to do it, right? They thought they were about to be ready to do it, and then Aaron won the MVP. You can't be ready to do it when the guy's winning MVPs, yeah, or well, when the guy you drafted is not good enough. I would him. imagine, I, and I, I can't speak. I mean, I've 
you and I have both kind of lived just the sporting industry more than any other business, but there can't be a more consistently fluid day-to-day changing any major huge business than sports. I mean, things change so fast. Those injuries, improvement, guys getting slow. I mean, just you can ebb and flow year to year dramatic. Like it's not, it's not crazy to have plans. I mean, a year ago, the Niners were like, Tom Brady, no. (laughs) Tom Brady, kick rocks. A year later, three first rounders, four. Yeah, we kind of like Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Field. We'll see a month. I mean, that's things change. I'm not even just day to day, but like six months. Think how fast things change in six months in pro sports. Well, it was a foregone conclusion that the biggest one of the the biggest story in the NFL was going to be is Deshaun Watson holding out. Has Deshaun Watson been traded to the Niners, to the Dolphins? Are they going to flip to it? They go, and now it's like, is Davis Mills going to beat out Tyrod Taylor? Like, what is it going to look like? I mean, we're like a month away from a. Is Deshaun Watson ever playing in the NFL again? My column on the Athletic. Well, I know one dollar like, for the next six months. Play itself out, and I just know what we thought the Deshaun story was going to be. It's the opposite end of the spectrum. Well, do you know what's clearly stopped there? Is Deshaun stopped pounding the table for a trade because that ain't happening? Well, yeah, right you, now, no, right? one, no one. <laughs> yeah, it went from is he going to keep? Is he going to hold out to like? Will they let him play? It's it's like. But, and I'm not even fact. You're bringing in an element of like off the field, which yeah, deal which, with humans, which is key. I'm just talking about play, yeah. right? Improving, deep, uh, tr- trending up, trending down, getting old. That's the one thing. Like in most businesses, if you're just good at it, like you're going to get better in time. In sports, you're like, when can we short this guy? Because that's, it, I hate to say it, that's kind of the general manager's job is just to know when we got to pivot. No matter how. Whether it's Montana, Rodgers, or like our backup guard, like can we upgrade? You're just you're always trying to do that. It's not I know these guys get shit on on social media like it's an easy job. It is difficult because you're around them a lot. You're trying to be objective, but you're also subjective because you're like living in it. Like I, I don't think Gudikins was in an easy spot. Now, them leaking that they would have taken the two wide receivers, like, bro, just trade up and get one if you really Or want don't to. even tell me about it. I don't care. Well, they're doing it on purpose, don't you think? Yeah, I just it doesn't accomplish tried. anything to me. I know. You but they're trying it. to say, which I think we knew at the time. They didn't go into that first round going, how do we get Jordan Love? But as we've heard, they probably, I mean, they probably had 18 first round grades on guys. They couldn't trade back. They're like, well, we like this guy. I mean, yeah, why not? Value. Boom. Well, I will say this for Jordan Love, where I don't believe Mac Jones fell. I think still he was overdrafted or at minimum went where he was supposed to go. I do think Jordan Love was like a top 25 physical talent. Like guys like him yeah. go in the top 20. Yeah. And they did so. This guy just plummeted to us. Once upon a time, it happened, I don't know, with this guy causing all this drama. <laughs> so we it just, really is pretty we crazy. Did say, it is. It, it's kind of history repeating itself because he was always adamant. He was always kind of outspoken. I wasn't going to do that. I'm not going to act like that. And he kind but that's where it's like, is it truly about Jordan Love or is there more to it? I think there's more. That's where, if, yeah. I think it's he, all the stuff. I think it's wanting to be somewhere else. I think it's a history of not liking. I don't know. I would say coming out with a report, if he's behind it, that he wants the general manager fired is very Farvian. What Farv would have done back then. Did Farv do that? No, I think his was more. I mean, saying you want the GM remember. fired when it's been a pretty solid organization, it's pretty crazy. Who's been good at his job? That's pretty crazy. Yeah. The only thing he hasn't done well, apparently, is mend whatever issues there are with Aaron. Or, like, you know, have a good relationship with Aaron. 
But this is where I do think we can speak on a much, much lower level. Sometimes Aaron may be like, I don't want to mend it. And that's just his truth. I don't want he what? He hates him. Yeah. I don't want to mend the situation. Well, yeah. I but it's no like, how did it get desire. here? That's, that goes back to, so is it just about, because if it's just about Jordan and you want to mend it, okay. That's why I think I agree with you. It's, that's why I know that I agree with you. I think it's about more than just Jordan Love. Maybe Jordan Love tipped the scales, but I think it's about whatever happened for years with McCarthy. I think it's about hiring the new head coach, LaFleur. I think it's about all this stuff and probably a million things we don't know about. I just wonder if you're a human being and you're a high-level guy and you're anti a decision at the time, right, LaFleur, but then it goes well and you like him, to me, you are pretty petty if you hold on to that. Yes. Like, just move on. Yes. You know? Put your ego to the side and move on. You know, one will be interesting to watch is the is the uh, Cardinals. I missed this till somebody told me about it. I guess Kyler was on Good Morning Football before the draft and was asked, you know, do you do you want input? You know, basically kind of like the Russell Wilson question, like, should you have input? And he wasn't – I don't think he answered it quite like Russell, but basically what he said was, well, yeah, I mean, I think – if you're the face of the franchise, if you're trusted to be the face of the franchise, then you should be able to, you know, share your thoughts on on building the team, on draft picks, on that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, when Russ said it, everyone went, okay, I mean, it's Russ. Like, let them build the team, but it's Russell Wilson. Like, you've earned it. This year could get weird for Arizona. The whole dynamic is just interesting there. Listen, I, I know times change, society changes, but what the fuck's the money for? Like, isn't a huge part of the whole thing is, like, we pay you. I heard Robert Sala, like, talking about Zach Wilson. He's like, we, we all know it's the most important quarterback, but he's like, that's why they get paid so much? Or, you know, the quarterback's the most important position? That's what the money's for? Right. Like, hey, Kyler, you were the number one pick in the draft. That's what the money's for, for you to play quarterback. And if you're good, they'll give you a huge extension. Your money's for your talent. We don't give a shit what you think. Because who's to say that you know anything? It's what I always say about coaches. Just because you're a good coach doesn't mean you can draft players. If it is true that Kyle wanted Mac Jones, that would have been one of the more laughable decisions in the history of the league if they would have taken him at three. So it's like coaches are bad at it. Players, you know? I mean, I that's a pretty laughable comment, but I do think it's very par for the course and kind of this clutch generation of LeBron James of, uh, of football, which again, I'm not opposed. I, I have no issue with Russell or Aaron. They've earned it. Elite players pelts on the wall soup champions my issue more is when non-champions create a just like what are you doing like you, you kind of look like a clown it's why i've never had a problem i don't have a problem with rogers doing this i don't have a problem with russell doing it and i'm not even saying kyler did this but no you shouldn't have any say well like, if we have a question we'll ask you but if we don't we won't yeah and i also think though if kyler were the coach of the rams to me it would mean nothing excuse me if you're the quarterback of the rams where sean mcveigh like it's pretty clear who's making decisions who's earned the right to be in charge. The but Card is Kyler the face of the Cardinals? I would say he's not. Well, who is? I would say they don't really have one, but it definitely ain't him. Well, it's him now. Is it? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I think so. I, who I, would I, it be? I would say it's more... You're in charge of the Cardinals marketing. We've got to hang a big billboard. Who are we putting on it? DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt. That's not J.J. J.J. Watt's never played a snap for you. It's the well, future quarterback. Uh, is Larry still on the team? I, <laughs> AJ Green's there. I, Larry and AJ Green would be a pretty questionable decision. Yeah, I mean, I I would say it was Larry Hopkins. forever, but I, I you know 
I think it's you draft a guy number one overall. Because, he's but, your quarterback. Just he's, because you're a face of a franchise, if you're not winning or doing any good, like who cares? Well, but you're the quarterback. It, right? You think I make the I make this? I get to check. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't get to change the play at the line of scrimmage. I do. I make decisions when I'm the quarterback. Or you? I mean, are we sure? Or does he look to the side? And get well, the but yeah. What I'm saying is, I just <laughs> quarterbacks tend to think. No, oh, you're right. I, I've been saying I I, I think I that this Cardinal team has seven wins written all over it. And I've already said I think we should put a, you know, we've been discussing to put a substantial wager on just one like over under in the league and just carry it all the whole season. We'll have to keep discussing this as we get closer to the season. But I, I there is no way, and I'm not saying like they couldn't beat, they couldn't go like three and three in the division. To me, they just have written all over it. You look up and they're playing the Bengals or the Giants or just random teams and they're down 10 nothing. Well, in the third quarter. And this is why I say what I said about McVay. The point is, Cliff Kingsbury does not have any equity. Kime, like this was his last big shot. Well, who's the if, face of the Rams? The coach. Yeah. Face of the Niners? The coach. Yeah. Very college. Um, and Russell's the face of Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree. Um, now, if Trey Lance turns into Josh Allen, but you know, I do think that's where Kansas City is unique in that Mahomes is just the face of the league, but he has, he doesn't over like Andy Reid gets all of his credit too, right? Yeah. Um, but this is it's just this has the potential to get a little loose and get a little weird. Uh, Cliff's never won. Kimes never really won. Is Kyler going to get – is there going to be a little bit of a void if they lose? Okay, they're winning six games or they're 7-10. and Kime had success with Arians. Problem is, this is his third he's, coach. He's third coach in three years. Yeah. Second coach in three years, excuse me. The four, third coach in four years. He did have a stretch where he had three coaches in three years. Arians retires or whatever. Then he hires Wilkes, fails, and then gets Kingsbury. If they're a like seven-win team, there's just going to be. A, I'm saying there's going to be a void of leadership. So when we start talking about someone's jobs on the line, we know who's not going to be on the line initially. It won't be Kyler's. Kyler will be the last of those three. But I got one for you. If they go seven and ten this year, and everyone's blown out. I would say that Kyler would not be a lock to get that fifth-year option picked up going into the process of bringing in a new administration coach, GM. Would you agree there? Because if you go 7-10, like I bet yeah, Kyler it depends how he looks. Desire. Yeah. I mean, Kyler, a big reason they ended up 8-8 eight and eight this year and the Niners kicked their ass, like he sucked down the stretch. Hell, like, We don't know. I, and I'm a Kyler talent. I, I think his talent is immense for a little guy. But it just you saw last year like the – the rigors of the NFL getting tossed on the ground. Like, is it something that he's just going to have a 10-year career at that size? You, if you had to bet, does Kyler over under Kyler ever making a run at professional baseball? Yes or no? I guess that wouldn't be an over under. So, but, but you're no. saying like he plays five years in the league, tries baseball. That'd be, that'd be a hot take for me. I, I bet he makes a run at professional baseball. Yeah, I mean, he'd have to be. I guess he could try it whenever, right? You can be retired yeah. from the NFL at thirty-three and still. You don't even shot. need to be good at baseball. I mean, look at Tim. Yeah, Tebow was better than he gets credit for. 
Kyler's such an elite athlete that even at 27 or 28, baseball teams would give him a tryout, right? Yeah, the thing was he's never really known as a hitter, so he'd have to. He couldn't be coming to baseball like physically beat up from football, a lot slower, a lot less athletic. Yeah, I mean he'd have That'd to be, be the fixed. challenge. But Tim couldn't hit; he'd get a shot. Tim couldn't hit. I mean, relative, but Tim didn't hit 180. Like, what did Tim end up hitting? Like 230. Yeah, a little pop. All right, John. Anything else? We're growing, so thank you. Share it. Tell other people about it. Uh, I don't know where the DraftKings game stands right now, but the Haberman and Milkoff DraftKings League is there for you, too. So goodbye, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Be back again soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.